You're listening to Human Rights Talks, organized by the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Human Rights Studies. Hi, my name is Nadia Trudell, and this episode is part of the Canadian Task Force to Combat Online Anti-Semitism series. Today's guest is Dr. Catherine Meyer, the Executive Secretary of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. Hi, Dr. Meyer. Thank you for being here. Hi, Nadia. Thank you for having me and having the IRA to, you know, that I'm able to present our work a little bit. Thank you. To start off, do you want to talk a little bit about your background and the work that you do? So my background is, uh, my personal background is that I uh, am a scholar of the Holocaust and, uh, and anti-Semitism. And I worked for many years in uh, university and I taught, but then I switched career and went to become a political advisor uh, to governments. First, I worked for the OCE and now I'm working for the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, always in the field of combating anti-Semitism and Holocaust remembrance. And... Uh, our organization, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, is also an intergovernmental body. We are an intergovernmental organization uh, consisting of 35 member countries. And um, these the national delegations consist of political representatives, mostly diplomats, um, and experts. So we have uh, a big network of experts and political representatives uh, together focusing on issues of Holocaust remembrance, in all its dimensions, combating anti-Semitism, anti-Roma discrimination, and so on. I was curious about uh, Holocaust denial or distortion. Uh, The United Nations recently adopted a resolution condemning Holocaust denial and distortion, and they showed concern over a growing prevalence of that. Yes, um, we are very excited and very happy about this resolution because it really um, it puts emphasis on something that is very important to us since a long time. So the IRA has um, adopted a working definition on Holocaust denial and distortion, which is quoted in the UN resolution already in 2012, and we made uh, the, we made a we made we made, we made um, combating and addressing Holocaust distortion our strategy and our focus of the strategy in 2016. So since over five years, we really focused on um, combating distortion and denial. And uh, the UN resolution shows that there is now a wider political recognition of the problem than just in the circles of those uh, that are directly dealing with Holocaust remembrance um, issues. So Holocaust distortion, we see Holocaust distortion as one of the main threats, um, not only for for the legacy uh, of the victims of the Holocaust or the survivors, but definitely also for our overall societies. Um, If I may explain that a little little deeper, Holocaust distortion is uh, not just something that happens at the sidelines or it's not like the little brother of Holocaust denial. I mean, in most societies, I would say that Holocaust denial is um, unacceptable. You know, mainstream society does not accept people that uh, deny the Holocaust. However, distortion is often really seen as just like, it's an opinion. You can have different opinions uh, about the facts of the Holocaust, and you can't. And Holocaust distortion is paving the way, not only for Holocaust denial, but definitely for anti-Semitism. 
But not only that, it's also paving the way for extremist and nationalist ideas in general. Uh, and we've seen that, you know, over and over again over the past uh, years now of the pandemic. Holocaust distortion is really influencing the political discourse in societies in a way that is a threat to overall democracy and open societies. You mentioned nationalism. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that when I talk about extremism, extremism, right-wing extremism, nationalism, this is these are the enemies of open and pluralistic societies. That's for sure. It is. These are the enemies of uh, international cooperation uh, and the understanding that we all live in one world and we have to deal with all the issues we're facing together. So, Holocaust distortion has different dimensions. It has. It has one dimension is to really. It's a disgrace to the victims, as I said. But it's also meant to whitewash the history of, of countries, you know, the collaboration with Nazi Germany, um, their own doing during that time. Um, but it also tries to it tries to undermine the truth that an entire uh, people was about to be destroyed and murdered, and that most of mainstream society just took uh, turned a blind eye on that, definitely in Germany, but also in some of the other countries that were occupied by Nazi Germany. So I think when we when we talk about nationalism and extremism and how they use also now the uh, Holocaust distortion in order to delegitimize our democratic, um, not just societies as such, but also our governments. I mean, we have seen it in the, in the anti-COVID measure demonstrations when um, the scientists that give us the facts about about the virus and and protection measures needed are being compared to uh, somebody like Dr. Mengele. And if the measures being taken to secure the population and to to have everybody safe, as safe as possible as possible in a a pandemic, to compare that to the murderous policies of Nazi Germany towards the Jewish population uh, in Europe, that is just completely outrageous on one hand, but it also delegitimizes or uh, is aiming to delegitimize these uh, democratic um, governments that try to protect their population. So it's it's outrageous on, on many, many levels, and it's dangerous. I was curious about the link, if there is any, between Holocaust denial and distortion and the digital space. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a strong connection. I mean, we live in the more or less in a digital world right now, especially in the pandemic, all of us do. And uh, those that haven't before definitely do it now. So I think what's going on in, in the digital world in social media reflects on what's going on in our societies. However, I would say that um, it's easier and the barriers are lower in the digital world to spread hate and to um, and to spread just simple lies. I also you know, think that Holocaust distortion and, and questioning the facts of the Holocaust is not just disinformation, it's really lies. It's spreading lies and that is being done uh, in the online world very, very much. And it has a strong impact on the, on the real world because online hatred doesn't stay online. It spreads into the real world. It lowers the, the barrier um, for regular people to you know, be protected against against different forms of hatred and so on. So it's a, 
it's a, I think the digital world is, is um, offers us a lot of opportunities also to combat all these things. And uh, I, I speak about that definitely later, all the online tools you have developed, but also the online world is, is a world of uh, where hatred is, I think, easier spread than in the real world. And it is being done. Right. And Holocaust denial is a conspiracy. <clears throat> and the Jewish community have dealt with conspiracy theories for the past 2000 years. Yeah, I mean, um, I tend not to call it theories, but myths, because theory is giving this, this uh, idea of this is something scientific. So right. all these myths that are being spread based on conspiracy ideas, um, of course, are also absolute lies. And they're being used, at, you know, they're being used as tools against vulnerable groups. Um, and, and I think it's also uh, interesting to see that you do not find a single anti-Semitic ideology, whether it's the extremist right, whether it's the uh, extremist left, whether it is, um, is Islamist groups or whether it's even, you know, very radical Christian groups. So all groups that spread anti-Semitism and anti-Jewish hatred have a very distorting view on the Holocaust. And that is very interesting because the question is, why would they focus on those Jews that are already murdered? or were already murdered, um, but they are. So Holocaust distortion is a tool to spread lies about the Holocaust and to use that politically for radical ideas. And what are the biggest challenges to combat Holocaust denial and distortion? Well, I think, um, again, this is something why I'm so very pleased with the UN resolution, because I think what we as, a, as the IRA have uh, worked on towards, um, you know, tirelessly over, over many years is a recognition of the phenomenon that Holocaust distortion is not just something that happens somewhere in some niches and it can be overlooked because it's not really dangerous. And I think the lack of recognition and acknowledgement of the problem is one of the challenges. But I see that kind of coming down now by a political understanding of the dangers of this is really, is really it, that is really growing. And that is... Uh, uh, is uh, you know something that I see with great optimism. So we will have more people join uh, join the fight against uh, Holocaust denial and distortion. And I think this is also really what's being needed. We need a zero tolerance policy, uh, a zero tolerance attitude of of people towards um, Holocaust denial and distortion. I spoke to to students um, a little while ago who are. Uh, you who are you know teaching their peers about the Holocaust and and uh, keeping the memory of of survivors and and victims of the Holocaust alive. And I told them you need to be you need to be the Jedi's uh, in this world who fight uh, who fight Holocaust denial and distortion. It has to be really addressed. There has to be a zero tolerance policy because if you give them this this step and another one and say we only stop it when it comes to Holocaust denial or we only stop it when it comes to to out um, outbursts of anti-Semitism, it's too late. We need to address it immediately. And I think to, to get, you know, students, just people, regular people, citizens to stand up against denial and distortion is, is, is definitely a challenge. And, um, and I think what helps in this regard is also the understanding that this is an international challenge. So everybody in every society, in different variations, we have to face these problems. And we're not alone with this. It's not just a particular problem in our country or in their country. You know, it's just it's just everywhere, and it's in all segments of society. We see these tendencies. So that means 
we're all in this together. And um, and that is also something that gives me hope that, you know, this this international collaboration will also um, have an effect in this regard. And in terms of social media platforms, for example, Facebook only recognized Holocaust denial as a form of anti-Semitism in 2020. So what can social media platforms do to be better in suppressing and removing this type of content? Well, I think um, we've seen some, some also a little bit of recognition and acknowledgement on the side of the social media companies. It came late, but it came after all. Um, and I think they have a huge responsibility. They have a huge responsibility in this regard. And uh, I think, you know, um, they have to be transparent about their algorithms. They need to listen to those that, you know, are experts in this field. They need really to, to step up their game. And uh, because there's far, far too much anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial going on on these platforms still. And I think with the technical possibilities there are, this you know, this is not a given, this can, this can be changed and they have to change it. And uh, they really have a huge responsibility. I, I would really say, I mean, dealing with the Holocaust and being a scholar of the Holocaust, you know, I, I learned during my studies and during my research a lot about victims, perpetrators, bystanders, right? Um, all the different variations you have in societies. And I personally really think that in, in our world today, um, you know, with the online hate and with the social media full of these conspiracy myths and lies being spread and so on, that when we see these terrible and horrific incidents in different places, you know, attacks on synagogues, attacks on, on Jewish communities, on, on individuals and so on, that everybody who has the opportunity to do something in their field becomes a bystander to these crimes. And I think this is really something we have to be also very clear. This is not something where you can just track your shoulders and say, well, yeah, too bad. We're very sorry this happened. I think everybody has to step up their game and the tech companies definitely are some of them who have to. And so what are some steps that you would encourage regular people, regular users to take to counter Holocaust denial and distortion when they see it? I think it has to be reported. I think it's important to, you know, um, to react to that in a way that, you know, you know, you react to posts that you don't like, you know, just that they should not be just ignored. There should be a reaction. But I also think it's important to see that um, there are tools, there are particular tools you can use. I mean, we have developed, um, you know, tons of tons of tools to have a toolkit, a whole toolkit put together on all the things we offer with regard to distortion. Um, I think it's important to, to use these. I mean, I would just like to mention our uh, Protect the Facts um, campaign that we have, have online that have been used by over 15 million people already. We have uh, a film. We have, a, we have produced a film about Holocaust distortion, an informa informative film that you know, can be spread and shared. Uh, I think it's important to share the good things that are out there and to share the tools that definitely exist. Um, we now have a campaign for Holocaust um, Remembrance Day, why, uh, why we remember um, short videos of people, because I think active and honest remembrance of the Holocaust and honoring the victims is an active form of countering Holocaust distortion and denial. Uh, so I think every little, every little action counts and, and is meaningful in this regard. And uh, so I think um, there are many tools. There are communities out there that, you know, face all this together. Um, so I think it's, 
it might take a little, you know, push, inner push to do that, but I, I think it's worth it. Well, we're definitely going to link those projects and videos in this episode bio. Thank you so much for mentioning those. And thank you for joining me today, Dr. Meyer. This has been really compelling. Thank you so much for the opportunity.